1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog
2: Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to the Butler Running Show. A show for runners and soon-to-be runners from around the world as we talk all things Running. Partner Running Show is hosted by a couple on the run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien, and proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner Magazine. And now, on with the show. Well, welcome to the Partner Running Show on this uh, 23rd or 22nd of June, 2015. Uh, I'm Andrew O'Brien, and I'm here in the Partner Running Studio with my uh, wonderful co-host, Sue. Hey gang, Sue.
1: I'm going very well after a great running weekend. Great
0: running weekend, but a very sad week.
1: Yes, it was a a very sad week this week um, for, well, on the personal level, I suppose, for um, my family, the Clark family, but also for many runners both within Australia and around the world, in fact, and not only runners, but anyone that came in contact with and had Associations with Ron Clark
0: yeah so uh, after uh, a, a relatively short illness but a longer period of heart issues uh, Ron passed away just right, on 10, just yeah. on uh, just on a week ago sort of thing and so uh, very sad but I suppose from a the family's perspective um, it seems to be um some I'm not sure what the word is appreciation I'm going to say but it's not quite doesn't quite describe it Um, just the sort of tributes and the recognition of uh, what a contribution he made and and I think from my two cents worth it's the recognition not just of his running achievements which are clearly outstanding uh, 17 or 19 world records, depending on how you you phrase it. But the contribution he then made lifelong to fitness, fitness industry, gyms, training, running, athletics, sport, just diet, general fitness, and through his, uh, his books, his speaking, his uh, gyms, his many, so many activities, too many to mention. But then, and also then his contribution to business and to... Uh, community life, uh, most notably serving as the Mayor of the Gold Coast.
1: Yes, so just a remarkable career and again, sort of I suppose it's a reminder to us that whilst running is such a paramount part of our existence sometimes when we do get tied up as being a professional athlete, that we've got so much more that we can do for the community other than just focus on our own individual performances. Um, so that's one thing I um, I feel that Ron was able to do with trying to spread, as you said, the message of fitness and wellbeing, but then also giving back to the go- the broader community.
0: So there's a um, memorial service being held at the MCG in Melbourne on uh, July 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so between now and then, we're doing some editing of uh, an interview we did with Ron, and I think we've got some other speech he gave when he launched Couple on the Run.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, you know, it was, again, it just seems like yesterday that we were there launching the Couple on the Run book with Tony Charlton as our MC and and Ron, and and uh, now we've lost them both. So uh, there's only two other people on the stage that night.
1: Yes, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a reminder to all of us to make the most of every minute of every day that we have
0: okay so as they say and um, I no doubt Ron would say the show must go on mm-hmm. and so it will uh, today we uh, our feature topic is why run a marathon and uh, we're going to look at this from three perspectives why run a marathon as in a single marathon and why run your first marathon then they're gonna sort of spin that into well why run a few marathons not just one, but you know, a few. And I'm here, I'm probably talking sort of the, the five to ten or the occasional. Uh, and then last but not least, the third piece of the puzzle. Why adopt a, a, a sort of marathoning lifestyle for those people who you know, might do three a year, year in, year out, or they might do ten or more a year, but they do it year in. it's a kind of like they're always training for always have their next Marathon coming along. So it's going to be our feature topic. We've uh, got, of course, our regular segments Over the Shoulder, Ask Sue. Um, we could have kind of got like almost two Ask Sues today. And um, one one is the, the formal Ask Sue, and then we're going to go into a, a, a question from a listener straight after Ask Sue. So it'll be like Ask Sue Part 2. Uh, and then, of course, we'll finish the show with Over the Shoulder. So on uh, that note. Sorry, we won't finish the show with over the shoulder. We'll finish the show with the road ahead. We'll go to over the shoulder right now. Over the shoulder. A quick review of last weekend's running. So we sort of jumped in there. Of course, the big, the big uh, dominating news for the running world was the passing of uh, of, of Ron Clark, MBE, OAM. But there were other running activities.
1: Yes. Uh, one of them, we were actually at the Taralgon Marathon on the weekend and throughout Australia with park runs and or park rons, as they called them, and down at the Taralgon Marathon as well, quite a lot of runners wearing black armbands in memory of Ron. Uh, perfect day for running down at the Taralgon Marathon. And Dion Fenocciaro was the winner again I would say potentially and Kathy McMillan also uh, the winner again of the women's marathon section but many runners out there enjoying a very chilly but brilliant winter's morning down at Taralgon. Other little news items around the world and just a few little interesting things the Shrewsbury Half Marathon is under investigation because many runners in today's day and age run with GPS watches are becoming more aware of distance and time. And following this event, many, many runners complained to the organisers that the distance was half a mile short. And because of that fact, and that many of them were recording PBs, there was actually a formal inquiry put to the race director that this event was short now what's happened with this is that now they're going to um, investigate it because the race director had paid for certification that this and had received a documentation saying that it was the correct half marathon distance so they're going to investigate Whoa. that.
0: Which and race was this?
1: The Shrewsbury half marathon in the UK. You'd
0: be, um, you'd be tickled off if you were the race director and you'd gone and paid the, the money to get done properly so finger Really not pointing
1: there. Yes, so it does raise the question of now pointing the finger back at the certifiers to just find out, well, what actually happened with that.
0: Assuming that the course that was marked out and the runners ran was the course that the certifier had certified.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, supposedly, yes. it
0: could still be back on the race director who might have mismarked the course or one of his volunteers put a cone
1: in the wrong wrong spot spot and they
0: uh, took a turn a block too early Mm. or something.
1: But often, I mean, we all... You know, GPS watch runners do follow the course and we sort of go oh gee that was a yep. little bit long or this was a little bit short but consistently over half a, half a mile that's a, a fair distance. Now another event that uh, caused a little bit of interest I suppose reading about this story how close is close enough to call a dead heat between two runners? So in the Johnny Miles marathon in the US two runners Cross the line seemingly together, but their chip data, and we, we are all sort of computerised, showed that there was three hundredths of a second separating these two. Now, yeah, how close is, is too close to call? Their times were different, but it was mutually decided between the runners and the race directors to call dual winners. So two runners recorded... As the winner, oh, the winners, of winners of this event, but there was a time difference.
0: So the interesting thing is when you're having chip time mm. as opposed to gun time, just because you crossed the line at the exactly the same point, you might not have started at exactly the same point. Correct. So, but, it, but as you say, point. Three of a second. Yeah,
1: yeah. Point zero three of a second. So very, very close, particularly for a marathon. So they did. Everyone and the runners themselves were happy to call it a dead heat. But if it had been the Olympics or it had been a world championship or you I mean, know a money the, event, in the Olympics,
0: do? they would be very clear about the decimal point that it would go to. Yes, that's true. Potentially, so that would, the rules would say mm. that the you know we're down to point x So.
1: If we you were think. in a if we were in a marathon major and the uh, title was worth you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, would you? What would be the story then for splitting it? So just an interesting one of how close this is close enough. Um, also another little news item in Europe at the moment temperatures are soaring, and on this forthcoming weekend is an event called the Penny Marathon. There's also an event in Sydney. held simultaneously on the weekend called the Penny Marathon as well. And this is to raise money for abandoned dogs and cruelty to dogs in particular. Uh, Coming about through two Greek Australians that felt the pain of a lot of stray dogs that had been basically abandoned in Athens in particular and anybody that's traveled to that city does see you will see rather lots of dogs wandering around seemingly without owners just trying to make an existence. So these two women got together and uh, with the help of some other runners put on a marathon in 2012 to raise money for stray dogs um, to take care of them. It's grown the event really captured the imagination of a lot of people. And now there are well, four penny marathons going on in different cities in Greece and the one in Sydney on this weekend. In summer, in Greece, and so they've decided they're going to finish at the beach because that's going to be the place where most people are and will attract the modern news and attention. But uh, I'm not sure about the Sydney one, so we'll, or rather, it is finishing down at the beach in Sydney as well, even though it's weather. So we'll see what goes on with that one. Um, other big events around the world over this weekend grandma's marathon the big one in the us and kenyans had that all to themselves with first and second place vancouver also a very popular marathon 43 year old expat brit winner of that event andrew hillier and moss darby from kenya also and then in alaska The Midnight Mare's Marathon attracted 4,000 people under great running conditions. Not so great running conditions, the Leadville uh, Trail Marathon was held on the weekend in Colorado. And whilst temperatures had been just touching the 90s in Denver, higher up at the altitude where the race was being held... Very abnormal snow still hanging around and race directors and organisers were still shoveling snow on Saturday trying to clear the path for um, the runners and they even had to get an avalanche expert in to just check that the road was safe for runners to participate and It was, but a lot more work than they normally would have had to do. So we might have been complaining about chilly temperatures or thinking it was pretty chilly down in Tirelgon. Um They didn't have to shovel snow for us to run past. So that's some of the news over. I last also weekend.
0: noted that uh, in Sydney, there was the Pat Farmer Sand Marathon. Oh, that's I think right, it was yes. One, one kilometre loops on, um, I think it was Maruba Beach. And um, from all reports, tough, but... A lot of fun and very uh, enjoyable event uh, done for a good cause. So, oh, uh,
1: that would be hard going. Yes, Have to ask ask well, Rick or <laughs> one or of the Rick other guys and, uh, we see. Yeah, actually,
0: Jane Trump. There's quite a few mm. uh, quite a few of the uh, people that we know went up and participated or went and participated in that. So that looked like a fun, a lot of fun. Um, also, interestingly, slightly uh, related is there's a new race uh, on the Victorian running calendar coming up. Uh, the last weekend of August it's called the Wonderland and it's in the Grampians and you can still enter there at the, I think it's wonderlandrun.com.au um, Government's just announced that they've got a grant to add some new trails join some existing trails together and they're going to ha- end up with 144 kilometres of a walking trail to highlight the Grampians. Wow. With a little bit of loop you have what, a 100 mile race <laughs> waiting to happen.
2: So,
1: okay. There
0: you go. Oh,
2: so there you
1: go. Always
0: looking at it from a bit See of a... See that
1: number 144 four and think it's pretty close to 161.
0: Yeah, one. not yep. a bad race anyway. But, um, or it could be a relay, 12, lots of people doing 12 kilometres. Uh, remember my 12 times t- timetable time from back in the old school days? There you go, I never knew I still knew that stuff. Okay, on with the show. Ask Sue. Do you have a question you'd like answered? why not send us a message, a tweet, or post your question on the Partner Running Facebook page. Take it away, Sue.
1: This week's Ask Sue is a little bit different, a little bit unusual to the usual um, Ask Sue segment in which a listener has potentially asked me a question or one of my clients has asked me a question to do with running. This time I was asked by the editor of Runner's World to write a tribute to my uncle um, and pretty much given free reign to express any thoughts I had or any memories that I had that she thought the listener the the readers might be interested to hear, but also to capture some of the emotion and some of the memories that I had of My uncle. Um, So today's Ask Sue, I'm basically going to read that tribute to Ron that I penned for Runner's World. Jack and I used to run everywhere, Ron told me at lunch a few months ago. We would run to and from school and sports practice. We would run if we needed to do errands, and we would run to the footy to watch Essendon play. Jack said we could pocket the travel money and running would be good for our fitness. It didn't matter if it was 5k, 10k or 20k, raining or not, we still ran. And I have this vision of the Clark brothers running through the streets of Essendon and Mooney Ponds and wonder what the locals and shopkeepers made of them. Could they realise the future in store for the boys? In the years that followed, my father's, father Jack's path led to Aussie rules captaining and coaching Essendon, playing 263 games and being named All-Australian three times. Ron went on to break 17 official world records, maybe 19, over a variety of different distances and to represent Australia in Olympic and Commonwealth Games. They always retained the love of running. I'm going to catch up with a, for a run with Ron my dad would say after a brief phone call, sometimes around the Tan, maybe up in the hills around Fernie Creek, or in the early days, even around Caulfield Racecourse, although both of them were highly allergic to bees and had to be careful there. Running was a social occasion, as well as training. The camaraderie of the trail or the track was important to all of Ron's, Ron's running circle, although it was left behind during events. We wanted to bury each other, he explained. The greatest accolade I could receive was being described as Jack Clark's brother, Ron said at my father's funeral in 2001. And I could also say that it was with with a huge degree of pride that I love being introduced as Ron Clark's niece. Running has been a huge part of my life, the joy and freedom it brings, the challenge it presents. And the great friendships that develop through it. Running is something that my brother Ian and my cousins Marcus and Nick have always done. Clark's run. When my husband Andrew and I wrote our book Couple on the Run we were thrilled when Ron wrote the forward and came down to Melbourne for the launch. He told me on numerous occasions that he thought we were crazy running so many marathons and ultras but still love to follow our progress and find out what and where we were running. I will miss our conversations so much, particularly stories from the past and the challenges athletes in the past faced trying to improve their performances. Why would I train and race the same as everyone else, Ron used to say? I'm trying to be better than them, not the same. A mentor and inspiration to so many and a motivator to all of us to be fitter, to be fitter and lead healthier lives very few have the discipline are willing to make the sacrifices or possess the ability and intelligence to succeed at that level Ron Clark did he was an amazing man who achieved an incredible amount of success both on and off the athletic track but also a loving family man who always made time for me and my endless questions. My cousin Nick and I often meet up at various running marathons around Australia. Gold Coast and Melbourne will be the first ones without Ron. No afternoon teas and stories to share. An empty seat at the table. Promoting the concept of people running together is what we call partner running. Ron always encouraged the development of this idea and it prompted fond memories of his running with Jack as the original partner runners and formed the foundation of his passion for the sport. I am so proud to be Ron Clark's niece.
0: That was the Ask Sue segment of the Partner Running Show. If you have a question for Sue, please post it on the Partner Running Facebook page or email us at radio at com. And I believe you can check out uh, that plus... Uh, the rest of the story and the, the tribute in the next edition of Australian Runners World. And it wouldn't surprise me if they pick it up and run it internationally. In the rest of the Runners World network, um, I picked up something that I was going to talk about earlier in the show was a thing that zoomed past. Was I saw this? It was a Facebook one actually. A, uh, a thing that said that people with weekend schedules different from their weekday schedules triple their chances of being overweight. I've always thought that was interesting because I've in two different lives have lived both of those versions so uh, most of my life I've sort of got up five or six in the morning seven days a week haven't treated weekends any differently but through my 20s was very much a sleep in on the weekends to compensate for the late nights and early mornings during the week and uh Oh, it might get you to explore this research a bit further for next week's show because they talk about a concept called social jet lag, and suggest that this uh, sleeping on the weekend to compensate for the week is a contributing factor to upsetting your uh, metabolic status, which mm-hmm. then leads to uh, you know the whole obesity kind of thing. So, it could be an interesting topic for you to explore as our resident sh- uh, researcher and science dude.
1: Mm. Well, I've got uh, another interesting topic in the in the on the back burner as well. So Would a like couple of little processes there underway. Like
0: to keep you busy. Uh now, as we mentioned earlier, we were sort of gonna have uh ask Sue and then ask Sue Mark Two. And ask Sue Mark Two comes in the form of a, a question that uh, uh we were sent a couple of days ago and again I didn't didn't check with the person that I could use their name but uh they know who they are and we thank them very much um and it doesn't it's a great question that applies to lots of people so we don't you know it doesn't uh doesn't diminish by not naming the person but let's just say they are regular listener and have sent us lots of questions from time of question, many questions and we really appreciate their contribution and uh support for the show but here 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 it goes and then we'll, we'll go and uh, talk about it so what the question is what is the likely cause of heavy legs towards the end of the marathon uh, last Sunday mine began to feel heavy at about the 33 kilometer mark and I struggled to maintain my intended 510 pace from then on I didn't overtrain in the lead-up to it in fact there were two runs that I had to cut short is it likely that cutting a couple of long runs short was the cause in the other marathons, I've run an average twenty second slower pace, and my legs haven't got heavy until thirty seven to thirty eight kilometers so there's a couple of things there um first of all, it does make the point that heavy legs is something that is had in different marathons at different points, depending on his pace so the con- the real important issue I think that we, we're looking at in this question is the heavy legs kicking in during the marathon
1: yep and what is heavy legs too I
0: suppose. There's, there's a slightly extra factor mm. here for uh, this question in terms of noticing the difference between when he went a bit quicker and it came in a bit quicker but mm. the broad concept here we're trying to address in answering this question is about why heavy legs and what's the implication for that
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so that's point one point two uh with all of these questions, then there is some key things to look at, but then there could be other things, so you know um things like what you ate during the race, the hydration you took on, the taper you had in the days before uh the work of week you you'd had, how you slept um. Which you have a little bit of a virus coming on was it extra windy all of these other factors can contribute to heavy legs kicking in and kicking in earlier but for the purposes of addressing this question we're going to make the assumption that all of those factors were dealt with appropriately and what yep. the contributing factor so all things being equal this notion of the heavy legs is something that happens to marathoners um, and the key the big answer is in around the training and the race st- strategy so we're not dismissing the fact that um, you know if you'd been working on your on your feet for a couple of days before that would have contributed to the fatigue, which would have brought heavy legs in earlier. But we are saying, for the purposes of this, we're assuming that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, with that said, first of all, Sue. So
1: what are heavy legs?
0: What are heavy legs? What, what's it come about? What's the what's the technical
1: technical explanation for heavy legs? Um, I believe in this case is the build-up of lactic acid in the muscles. So we've got the situation that. Um, lactic acid is built up in the muscles to the point that our bodies can't dissipate that and we feel uncomfortable there's a change so we're not dispersing that lactic acid quickly enough and it's building up um, that we feel that we've lost the freedom of our legs Mm
0: -hmm. so my understanding then is that that happens basically when we are going into new territory we're either going faster or further than what what our what we're trained for, what we're fit for.
1: Yep, I think that's probably fair. Yep, I yep. think that I would agree with that. So yep. with with a
0: lot of uh, marathon training programs, people do their long run off somewhere between thirty and thirty five k, and in essence, the heavy legs then can kick in around that point. So once you once you run further than you've been trained to run, your body's not trained and able to build get rid of the lactic acid the way it's built up to do so, and the heavy legs kicks in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Simple explanation. So heavy legs comes about when you're going further or faster, and in the marathon, it's often more about the the faster and further combined than you have before.
1: Yes, I would I would agree yes. with that. Then to to my way of thinking that yes because again a lot of marathon training programs
0: they have speed workouts and they have long runs so on your long run you're building up your endurance you're going further but you're not running often you're not running at race pace and when you are running at race pace or faster you're doing that for five or 10k or you're doing repeats whatever it is so you're having breaks so in for the vast majority of people marathon day Is the first day that we actually put the distance going further and going faster together in the one Uh workout okay so that is part of the cause now word of caution here because you could easily say oh well solve the problem just gonna go go further in my training runs run my long runs at race pace what's the problem You know, I'll get rid of that. The problem with that is, for most of us mere mortals, we don't have the time, the resources, the support, all of the things that go with making that possible, and we get injured, and we end up not running at all. So this is a for for people who aren't elite athletes or training as elite athletes, there's not a a simple quick fix of I'm just going to go out and train like an Olympian because you know don't have the time, don't have the resources, don't have the recovery facilities and we're gonna get hurt. Good chance of getting hurt. Okay. So that's I suppose is the word of caution. So we've identified three uh, three ways in which you overcome the heavy legs. First of all is the status quo. That is in the case of uh, our, our person uh, asked the question they're a year, 18 months into their marathoning career, done three or four, and slowly building up. This occurred, this one, when when they ran a 16 minute PB and a low 340s time, 3 hours 42, something like it was. So, noticeable improvement through the training that he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, so option one keep on doing what you're doing run your maybe three to five marathons a year doing the training you're doing being careful not to get injured and you could expect to push that heavy legs back further as long as you're running at the same pace if you try to up the pace then you're gonna bring it forward and you'll just get faster time less heavy legs
1: yep Yes, I can I can see that, that that makes really good sense. And, you know, unless you are trying to, I don't know, set yourself up as an elite runner, then that's something that's going to be able to fit in with your lifestyle because clearly it has.
0: Yep. So you could, I think, expect five to ten minutes improvement over the next year to two by doing nothing other than doing what you're doing, being mm-hmm. careful, not overtraining, not getting... Not, not potentially increasing your risk of getting injured and being uh strategic about your race uh approach your race strategy, so working on that you know did you get the drink breaks right did you did you put in any any little walk breaks at the drink spots did you uh, did you run too fast up the hills what are those little things you could improve in your strategy which would get you some improvement and of course course selection. Yes. Um, you Yeah. Know, flat Long, flat, flattish courses, not too windy, not too hot.
1: Not too many turns.
0: All that straight, sort of stuff. Yep, so you yep. can get some, some good improvement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Option two is, uh, and the, the last two we're going to do, the other two we're going to talk about is the elite runner and the weekend warrior. we changing your training. So f- for an elite runner or elite training to get rid of the heavy leagues, how do they deal with that?
1: One of the key aspects for elite runners uh, is trying to push the over distance and we've spoken to a few sub three hour marathoners that have been prescribed in their training running over marathon distance to try and bring down their overall times. With success, I'll say a couple of people that we've spoken to that have taken that on board have brought down their marathon times at an elite level but we're talking minuscule increments of maybe getting a minute 90 seconds improvement by trying to go that over distance
0: yes now the, the big thing for the over distance elite runner is that if you're a sub 3 marathoner and particularly if you're a 2.5 less then it sounds easy to say well I've run over distance because for those guys if they were going to run for 3, 3.5 hours they're going to run more than 42k and even at a long run pace. Mm. But if you're a 3:45, four, four and a half hour marathoner, for you to go out and make your long run over distance, then you're out running for maybe five, five, have, or five uh, and a half hours hour yeah. in your long run. And that you can't do that because that increases one your risk of injury, two it takes a lot of time, but but the The trap that people get into when they do that is the fatigue Mm. is such that it brings them undone and leads to illness and injury and all that sort of thing so the thing that the elite runners do because they're so quick they can run over distance because the time on their feet isn't such that it dramatically increases their risk of injury or fatigue but for your average weekend person you're you're 345 and above it's just too long and, and it's so I remember uh, when I first started running marathons, uh, one of the coaches I spoke to it's the single biggest mistake people make uh, is that yeah, your, your slower runners spend too much time on their long runs. You know, really you shouldn't be going more than two and a half to three hours. Beyond that, you're increasing the fatigue and actually undermining your performance. So, assuming then and being specific, this 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 person here with a three forty-ish marathon, the idea of going out and doing lots and lots of long runs at the 45 to 50k increase fatigue increase risk of injury and also runs the risk of because you're going so long slowing you down so you might pick up some endurance but lose speed yeah okay so then for your weekend warrior for want of a better term looking to increase or change their training so as to reduce heavy legs, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think that uh, their bodies will adapt, and perhaps if you are just if you are a weekend warrior that's a fairly new runner, the long runs do form an integral part of your training to try and help you get rid of that lactic acid buildup and have it come later in your event. So, as to our our example of it originally coming at the thirty-seven to thirty-eight kilometre mark you're going to make it through the marathon if you can get through, you're going to finish you might start to slow down a lot towards the end but you're going to make it. So I think the long runs are really important to to keep adding or have those as part of your training be wary of the speed but be conscious of the fact that running some shorter distance events and working on even kilometre repeats, running a 5k that sort of thing is going to help with your heavy leg build up but The long runs are important for weekend warriors they've got to keep doing them um, to try and train their bodies to run marathon distance.
0: So I think within that notion of the weekend warrior it's the incremental improvement of your training? No
1: yeah not not huge increases over your training period just those gradual no more than 10 percent more per week um, with your running distances that you're covering it's not going to happen quickly it's not a quick fix.
0: Okay so maybe some um 10k and half marathon racing
1: yeah that's sort of saying put putting in some speed but be judicious with that don't go overboard with running 100 meter repeats 200 meter repeats maybe the, the 5k run the 10k run um, even a half marathon as you say like trying to go quicker over that distance and then try and come back into the marathon
0: and then uh, I think you've been looking at your three to five marathons a year yes again to, to hold within that pace, get the really get the body used to going the distance, and you know of your three to five, you might have two where you have a real crack at 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 a, at a PB yep. type things.
1: Can't do it every every week if you're yeah. running yep. frequently.
0: And I think for a lot of us too, we don't have access to five fast marathon courses. courses. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Let alone five times. Mm in the one year when the conditions are conducive to going fast on those courses. So you know, our week, our last weekend run, we've run the race five or six times, this is the first time we haven't had wind. So this is the first time out of those five or six where you could say the conditions were ideal for a perfect thing. So I suppose the other little tip here is if you are looking to, with those quick ones, to try, if you can in the perfect world, find two that are close together and if day one it turns out to be horrific conditions, then either don't run or go slower and save yourself for the next one, which is somewhere between three to five or six weeks later. You can sort of do the old, not today, but in three weeks' time kind of thing.
2: So, yeah.
0: so that's yeah, a few it's thought, thoughts on uh, pushing back the heavy legs. But again, whenever you're going to go quicker, further, you're likely to bring them back in and it is that notion of you've you've just pushed beyond
1: Mm. where you're
0: ideally trained for
1: Mm. You're you're breaking new ground in a way.
0: Wonderful question and one that applies to people whether you're running 240, 340 440, 540 It's something that all marathoners address at various times They do. Okay, on with the show. Uh, Now where's my little control panel? Here we go. You're listening to the Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner Magazine. So feature topic today is uh, why run a marathon? Uh, A popular question and, and I suppose in the same way as there are runners of very different sizes, shapes, speeds there was also lots of different reasons to run a marathon, people are motivated from different perspectives or different ideas as to why they might run a marathon so so, why did you first run a marathon, you, you ran your first marathon as a 17 year old?
2: 18
0: yes. year old? Why did you yes. run it?
1: Um, the challenge to see if I could do it to see if I you know, I was fast. Sort of uh, fast 10k runner and everyone had always been t- was telling me that I looked as though I should be able to run a marathon which is which is a, a hard pressure to take and with a family of endurance runners so I took the challenge on to see if I actually could. It's quite
0: a, I find it quite bizarre that someone would say to a 17 year old you know you look like you're a fast marathoner. Mm. I mean, just in this day and age it just doesn't it's not, doesn't occur to me no. that's something I would say to a 17 year old I might say to a 17 year old you look like you could be a good 5 or a 10k runner or you look like you could be a good runner um, and if I got into a conversation with them I might think and in years to come maybe the marathon's for you but I wouldn't have thought I'd be pushing someone at 17 or suggesting to someone at 17 that they were going to be a marathon but anyway I think you've, you've probably uh, identified what for many people is the starting point for the marathon it's can I do it Mm. Or I can do it, and I want to find out what it's like to do it. Um, depending true. on your view of the world, some people think they can do everything, and they want the experience. Other people go, "Well, that's a challenge." I'm um, maybe a little bit different perspective, but I'm going to have a crack and see if I can.
1: can. Mm. And a lot people, it becomes their bucket list. Yes,
0: yeah, so to do a marathon. again. That's a different uh, one. Mm. Again, that's probably not one of our traditional when we talk about reasons for running in general. The bucket list isn't one that that pops up, but when it comes to the marathon, it it probably is uh, an aspect of it. So for some people, it's it's one. Can I just do it? Challenge. Yep. Uh, next one might be just this notion of going further.
1: Yeah, I see if I can. I'm a five k runner. I want to go ten. I'm a ten. I want to go half. I want, I'm a half runner. See, <laughs> can I do? It?
0: Yep. Okay. For others, why run a marathon? well, it's kind of linked to this, can I do it? But it's just, it's to finish it. That's the, the big challenge. I want to I be a marathoner. Um, and it's interesting, every weekend when you run and you see people running their first marathon, some people, and, and this is a classic, we saw it yesterday, uh, Sunday this week, two first-time marathoners. One, one of the first things he said was, you know, I'm hoping to go sub whatever, he had a time. Yep. We were running with him for a while, and he just missed it. Uh, and then somebody else who finished about an hour later than that the, the the time didn't even you know
1: no he was very emotional before, too.
0: before during and after no mention of of the time other than I thought we saw one comment we said I, oh, you know I wasn't fast but i but I finished and that was all that, that he was interested in so no right or wrong people have different different reasons to go for it. Uh, another one
1: fitness just a, it's a, a goal that keeps your fitness on track your training your physical fitness on track so the marathon will
0: do that. Yeah, speed is, yeah. is a big one for lots of people. Yes. Um, and to, uh, I, I do hear it as, as, uh, more from men. It's like you know, it's the classic scenario of you know, they're in the bar and uh, you know, oh, my mate ran a marathon here and he ran it in you know, four hours and five minutes. Well, you know, I'm better than him, so I'm going to go and run it in four hours and four minutes or better or whatever the times might be. Mm. You know? And so going fast, for a lot of people, it is, it is. you know, I want to run a marathon, but I want to run it in a certain, certain
1: Time, place, yeah. 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 yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and, of course, to do that for your first is counter to uh, the general advice, which is for your first one, let the body adapt, get there, and just run to finish it. Yeah, see further. what your natural... You can go fast later on, mm. uh, but a lot of people still go out, thinking that the time goal is the all-important thing for their first marathon. Uh, Another reason to run a marathon becoming increasingly popular?
1: Yeah, fundraising. Uh, There are so many wonderful causes out there that need need money. There are charities that uh, are looking for research, and a lot of people become very passionately involved in fundraising for a particular charity, and it can be a great motivator to take up the challenge of a marathon.
0: Yes, we do, and we are seeing Mm -hmm. more people that are doing their first marathon as part of a fundraising activity. Um, For fun, Uh, and sometimes this is fun with uh, other people. Uh, Sometimes it's it's fun because it's it's a work thing or it's a a charity fundraising thing, or it might be that you want to go and travel. And the fun aspect is the travel component of your first marathon you know I want to go to the Australian Outback it is a popular first time marathoners location because of the destination some of the big city races are again you know I want to travel to a certain country or city so for fun
1: yep um, definitely it's,
0: it's probably more of a reason to keep doing it and not so much for the first one but for some people it is
1: yep and closely allied to that is the uh, next reason you might run is that your friends are doing it Your friends are training, your friends are running and you're going to participate in a group as you both train or maybe train for your marathon. So you've got some friends that you train with but even maybe on the day that you're actually going to have a group challenge or group running together during the event.
0: Um, Focus. Again, this is one that, that I think often applies to people who have become runners and they enjoy that. Time alone, or time to think, or to think. You know, sometimes they think with the people they're running with. It's not always an alone thing, but it's, but it just gives them like a serenity, uh, peace. Um, People talk about it's you know, running is like their meditation. So to speak, it's their time alone or their time away from the busy, hectic things. And for those people uh, that become runners, got that benefit out of it, and it's like, well, I want some more of this, and so. The marathon distance enhances their focus and their, mm.
2: their time. Mm. Together. Yep. yep, and Good probably beginning.
0: this last one is is uh, is a little bit similar in that it that for for reason to run your first marathon, it's for people who are already runners and and the marathon is going a bit further and it's it's based around
1: this notion of um, fellowship. Yeah, yeah, and like might be your run group that you're some of them are running the marathon and you're a 10k runner or you'd like to join them you'd like to be a part of this group they're not actually your friends but they're people that you train with or that you associate with them then that then starts to extend you might have a friend that lives in another city or state or an acquaintance that you're going to catch up with when you do run your marathon
0: and, and so i think we, it kind of almost takes us back to the start this you know this the challenge of, you know, can I do it? And what will I learn? What will I gain from the whole experience? So it's finding out about yourself in some ways. It's sort of like a personal development challenge type uh, activity. Often people who who um, take on the new challenges, um, they find that it's a great way to learn outside of the existing comfort zone and sort of learn that lesson one way or another. Sometimes it's, it's the they decide to run a marathon for any number of reasons, and they then discover that it takes them out of their comfort zone. It's a great way of learning, and then they take on more and more challenges. So there's a few reasons to run your first marathon. You told us that you ran your first marathon because of the challenge to see if you could do it. Then you had a big gap of some 15, 20 years? Yeah. Something like that? Yes. <laughs> then you came back and ran your second first marathon.
1: Yes. My, my first successfully completed <laughs> marathon. It was afterwards.
0: almost like two different...
1: Yeah, two different approaches different and two,
0: lives, different two different mindsets. Different times, yeah. Yeah. So why did you run your
1: second first marathon? Running my second first marathon, kind of because uh, I love to participate and I wanted to be a part of the experience. So I don't know under what of those goals for fun, maybe, to to get out there and have some fun. And, of course, you were running so it was the friendship aspect of sharing the experience of being a part of this magnificent event um, with no expectation that I could finish as opposed to the other one that I had the great expectations I should finish or could finish
0: there was some challenge there was some can I can I complete that you know can I do it like from the first time but with a different perspective
1: yeah with a very different perspective lack of self-belief yep. in the second one
0: okay so for me, mm-hmm. I suppose why did I run my first? Um, it was probably a combination of two things. It was motivated first of all by uh, you know being very ill and very unfit with chronic fatigue syndrome and and you know, you know couldn't run to the end of the driveway. And so I had set this goal of well if I could run a marathon, um, then I will have got my health back and I'll be fit. So fitness was a big aspect of it but it was then closely linked with can I actually do it. So it was a little bit of that challenge but but from a slightly different perspective. So when you were talking about, you know, as a great ten K runner with great um genetics, family background in running, all that sort of stuff, it was you know, the challenge of can I do it at a certain level, etc Uh for me it was coming off not being uh you know, other than a, for football, not being a, a road runner per se and coming from a, a poor health status, so that aspect of fitness and can I take on the challenge were again key ones. I mean, it's interesting that you know the bucket list notion that some people use for uh, their first marathon um, is not something which
1: no, it didn't apply to both of it. No,
0: no, and I think it's that's a bit more of a new
1: new mm. phenomenon.
0: More people maybe talking it bucket list type activities um, it's probably not a sustainable reason as we now move into the to why run a few marathons or why make it marathon in your life lifestyle um, the bucket list aspect doesn't apply although uh, when we talk about running a few marathons there are those people who uh, may have done one or two and then they have a marathon bucket list so it kind of
1: does come back into play but in a different way <laughs> yes yep um,
0: you know it's on my list to do the the New York Marathon or the you know, the Bali Marathon or whatever it, it might be um, so this notion of why run a few marathons uh, some of the some of the reasons that we run a marathon I mean probably they all apply at one level but there are a couple that be, take on more prominence yep And I I suspect that my, I'll give my example, why why did I run my second marathon? My first marathon was four hours and one minute. So I had this sense of unfinished business. I always wonder if I'd run three hours and 59 or 58, would I have said, oh, well, I went under four hours. You know, I'm not gonna go under three hours, so I'll just, oh, one's enough. Um, So going faster became a big motivator for me in my next few marathons it was just okay I know I can make it now I want to do a bit more what do you think are a couple of the other reasons that people run a few marathons
1: I think the fitness aspect is important for a lot of people because it does give them um, an an aim of their, their training so that they can start to build up oh I've got the neck my training my phys- physical fitness training sorted out for the next 12, 16 weeks because I'm building up to this next marathon. So it gives them a direction with what activities they're doing. So it's short run day, it's long run day. It's you know, They like to know what they're doing. And it does give you a reason to run. That's important for a lot of people. But I think um, then people start to look for maybe another reason. Um, and the fundraising that we've mentioned becomes a, a great one of keeping you on track, and I run for myself. I run a marathon, but now I want to run for other people. Yep. And fundraising is a great way of putting your focus onto others, not just yourself.
0: So that that could be like, uh, you know, I run once a year to raise money in a certain race because it's close to home, or it could be, uh, you know, I'm going to run one a month for this year mm. for a cause, or I'm going to run X number. So the fundraising can take on. Know, multiple marathons is in the few or it can be you know, on a regular basis kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the focus one is also another thing and this is more the one that applies, I think, to the annual. Um, you know, surprised by the number of people who we meet who run their hometown marathon every year. They only run one marathon a year but, you know, I've run 15 Melbourne marathons over the last 16 years. Oh, you know, I met one, miss one because you know, we were having a baby that weekend or I, FOSS sent me international, whatever it was. But they yep. run, if all things being equal, they run the annual thing and it helps them with their focus. It does help with their fitness. Uh, but it's basically, it's, they love to run and it gives them, you know, if I can stay marathon fit once a year, then I'm in reasonable shape. Yep. So that's that's why we sort of, Run a few, and I think for people there that the, with the fast thing is the is the category. It's like, well, okay, I've got down to my goal, and now I'm not off to other things. You know, maybe I'm off to to um, play tennis or <laughs> yeah, or, or um, <laughs> something different, different sport or other parts. Yep. You know, family life takes on you know career, education, whatever it might be, and then we have those people who move beyond just running a few. And uh, they they pretty much adopt the marathon as, as a key part of their lifestyle. Yeah. And that they're running probably, oh, well, I don't know. regularly sure. every year. So it might, might be three a year, but it could be 10 a year. It could be one a month. It could be, I mean, there are people who run 20 or 30 a year. Uh, but it's like they're always training for the next marathon. They always know when the next marathon is. And that doesn't mean they might not have two months off a year or three months off a year over Christmas to... To do something else they might you know, play a bit of cricket or something but they are then always keeping an eye on the next marathon so running is an important part of what they do they run pretty much year round and they're always building up yeah so this this is a bit of a shift for some of those people there is a fast phase but after five to ten years then sometimes that that starts to no longer be the prime motivator they don't want to get slower or they don't want to do that but necessarily all about speed, it's all about the this helps me with other parts of my life so fitness I think becomes a very important
1: aspect Fitness does become important and it's well I've got to keep fit for my next race and whether that's three weeks away two weeks away even they try and just maintain this level of fitness that they're good to go whatever the event, whatever the marathon is coming up
0: Um, The next two I think are are connected and that is fun and friendship Uh, often people who run a lot it's it's the specific uh, enjoyment they get the travel the planning the looking at the different races you know some people get get hooked into you know I want to um, be in the 50 marathon club you know I want to run, run every state in America or I want to run what's it called the Southern Cross if you do all the states in Australia and North and South Island so they take on these little challenges and it's it's fun that's what they plan the holidays around they You know, they're doing it with often their friends or if they're not training with their friends, they're social networking with their friends and they're catching up with their friends at the races. They might travel together. So it's a very important
1: aspect. And I suppose allied to that closely is the fellowship that comes from participating in frequent marathons. You see the familiar faces as you go from race to race around Australia and sometimes even the world you start to see some of the same people and, you know, you don't even maybe socialise with them, but you catch up with them and communicate with them regularly.
0: Yeah, I think one of the ways I, I like to distinguish between the friendship and the fellowship is that the friends are, you know, they're friends. They're people that I know by first name. I, I, um, you know, might have dinner with them at the events or at least have a chat and catch up and, and I'm kind of know them at that next level. But the fellowship is, is kind of that broader sense of, you know, giving back and contributing so uh, it might be that you know they, they get a real buzz out of running a like well I mean we did it on the weekend again we're running along some guy comes up oh you know you couple on the run yeah yeah. I'm doing my first marathon and it's like oh well, but it took two minutes, you know, how do you recover and what are you doing a few questions and you get this kind of uh, enjoyment out of giving back, contributing, encouraging, helping people that you don't and they're not they're not friends. No. They might become friends, but mm. if you've never met them before, you uh, you might see them occasionally, but it's like you're contributing to and part of the running community doing your your bit. So, I think fellowship's important. And there are some uh people and and um uh, our mate uh Coming, mate. Jason Nelson is one who fits into this category. That he's been running marathons for years and years and years, and I'll I'll never forget that time that we interviewed him. And and he has a, like a different challenge every year to run as part of his running to fundraise for people. So ongoing marathoning and running for him, part of the motivation is fundraising. It does it year in year out. That's it's it's quite quite unique and quite special. But that's another reason why people go on and run as a marathoning lifestyle rather than just the odd one.
1: Yep, definitely. All
0: right, well, that's a, a bit of a take on why run a marathon, why uh, why run your first, why run a few, or why, why make it a, a regular event. Um, anything else to add before we move along? Uh,
1: just I suppose that it can be an addictive lifestyle. I think a lot of people that get into the marathon running lifestyle find that it does... Um, not overwhelm their lives but they feel if they get injured or they can't participate that it is something that they really notice and they feel very upset about
0: yes, it would be interesting to do a, a show or a segment at some point on the negative aspects of that and I think it's becoming a bit of an un, uh, the undiscussable in some ways that they're, they're the addiction, there is a um, a running addiction and specifically I think there is a marathon running addiction. It's this classic thing of, you know, well, people um, have a negative impact on the rest of their life via their running and it could, it could be like gambling and that they're spending all their money traveling all around the world and they, you know, money that they can't spend, they're hooked up on credit cards. For other people, it's sort of like, you know, they just got it's an attention thing or it's it's a running away from something else. So there is a dark side I think to when an addiction becomes a, a negative. Um but for many of the people who do run a lot, um, it's all of those positives. And I think that's mm. the first test is are you looking at a couple of these reasons and saying, Yes, well I'm doing it for fitness, I'm doing it for uh for friendship, I'm having a lot of fun. Um and I'm doing maybe I'm doing some fundraising and, and here's all the positives that it gives to the rest of my life. My energy's up, so it's helping with my career. I'm doing it, you know, with friends and family, so I've got more time, more energy. I'm a better dad, better husband, whatever it might be. You know, you can be very clear. Are you getting all of these
2: mm, and positives
0: better. out? And if you're not, then, you know, like any addiction to drinking, gambling, smoking, whatever else, then you, you probably need to to get some help and go cold too.
2: You
1: go, but in the most part, we love our running, and yeah, I mean, um, I mean, 90, 99.99% of people are in a happy place. Yes, I'm running, and frequently. I'm gonna question I
0: ask often, not often, but I think about every now and then is like, is, is the way we do it, you know, for all the right reasons, and is it healthy, and is it contributing to our life? Is it not a negative kind of thing? Because you do like to get out the events and see people, and so mm. um, it is an interesting thing to be to be mindful with anything of that ilk. Okay, on that note, let's move along with the show. You're listening to the Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner Magazine. The road ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events.
1: Well, in the Northern Hemisphere, we are still in the middle of summer. We've just passed the uh, summer solstice, so there's still a few midnight events going on. But just some of the events that are on are the Aspen Backcountry Marathon, Bastard in Sweden. I had to be very careful how I said did that. you call me? Um, Brixen Dolomiten in Italy. The Giant's Head in the UK, Lapland Ultra, we can guess where that is, Bad Marsh Night Ultra in the USA, the Night Marathon in Novosad in Serbia, the Pavo Nurmi Marathon in Finland, Pacific Crest Trail in the USA, Rovianimi in Lapland, there's a lot up in that part of the world, Run for Troops in the USA, Run Charlevoix, in the USA, Safaricom in Kenya, Waterford in Ireland, Waterford Biking, sorry, the Bay of Fundy in the USA, the um, Graubünden in Switzerland, Kona Marathon in Hawaii, that'd be a nice one, Mont Blanc in Switzerland, or the French Swiss border, um, no, Tana Manga in Mexico, Dia. De La Padera in Argentine, Mount Kilimanjaro Marathon in Tanzania, the North Sea Beach Marathon in Denmark, Pichirichi in South Australia, Run West Wales in the UK, Victoria Falls Marathon in Zimbabwe, Wakefield in the UK, and I've saved it to last to talk about the Surf Coast Trail Marathon down in Torquay, and we'll be heading down to run that on the weekend, on Saturday. But we are also turning around and then running back.
0: Which is a good way to uh, complete a long run as part of our training for the Yu Yu Yangs 100 miler, which is coming up in the middle of July. And, of course, the Yu Yangs has... uh, I'll probably get this wrong, I think. A 15, a 30, a 50, an 80, and a 100 miler. I'm not 100% sure on the 15, but I'm pretty sure I'm positive about the 30 the 50, the 80, and the 100 miler. Maybe it's a 10, not a 15, but there's, there is there is um event for somebody, for the whole family there.
2: Yes, and definitely. It's a wonderful Sorry. event,
0: which you can still enter across at trailsplus.com.au. Dad did you say safaricom?
2: Yes,
1: I did.
0: It's an economy of uh, Comic-Con, or a sort of convention type thing. So all those people dress up as safari, in safari suits to run safaricom. Or rangers or animals or what's the story?
1: Yes, I don't know. I have to investigate that one and find out. But uh, some interesting running this weekend wherever you are in uh, the world of events. I hope you have clear skies, no wind. (laughs) What are the other things we like? Clear skies, no wind and temperate
0: temperatures. It reminded me of the uh, Bryce Canyon uh, Ultra, which was on not last week, week four, I think. And um, I saw a post go past on the people who organised that thing and saying something about uh, everybody who entered the Bryce Canyon this year would uh, qualify for a job with the American Postal Service because in sleet and snow and hail and rain and wind and whatever else, they still got the job done. They had uh, not the best of conditions this year, which is... Which is a reminder to us all. <laughs> uh, glad they got that out of the way so that when we get there in the next year or two, the conditions will be good because they've had their... Conditions. okay well thank you very much for tuning in to the Partner Running Show uh, have a great week of running uh, thank you very much uh, to our special listener who sent in that question, thank you Sue for doing a wonderful job there with your Ask Sue talking about your Uncle uh, Uncle Ron best of wishes uh, and all our thoughts and condolences to not just to Sue but more importantly to uh, Ron's uh, close family and uh, friends and we'll see you next week on the Partner Running Show, thanks for tuning in and have a great week of running wherever you are running. You're listening to The Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com
2: and The Partner Runner Magazine.